0: As Christians, we aren't a people of the crucifixion. We're a people of the resurrection. And the cross reminds us of Jesus's victory over death. And if we've entered into a new life in Christ, then Jesus's victory is our victory too. As we celebrate Easter, let's remember that Jesus rose from the dead and he's not gone. The tomb is empty, but Jesus is alive and his spirit is active in the world today welcome to the real word podcast for easter sunday cycle c of the roman catholic lectionary i'm brandon jubar and i'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week it's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired word of god but to really be nourished by the word we need to break it open and look a little deeper We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for Easter Sunday, Cycle C. Our first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, it's chapter 10, verse 34a, and 37 through 43. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And our Gospel reading is from John, it's chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. Just a couple of things to note. First, we only have readings from the New Testament, also known as the Christian Scripture. Now, the reason we do this is pretty logical. Uh, during the rest of the year, we're looking to the resurrection. So even during Advent, right, in preparation for Christmas, we're anticipating the coming of the Messiah, which then leads to the resurrection. However, during the Easter season, we're looking forward. We're looking from the event of the resurrection and how it continues even today. So that's why we only do readings from the scriptures, the Christian scriptures, Which are about the time after the resurrection. So tonight we'll see that Peter gives a rousing speech, Paul says to look above, and Jesus comes up missing. Okay, let's start by going through the readings and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from Acts of the Apostles. Then Peter began to speak. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in his glory. And our gospel reading is from John. Finally, the other's disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings, and we'll ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the Acts of the Apostles, and before we dive into what Peter said, let's let's talk about where he said it. What we don't hear in this reading is that uh, there is a Roman centurion named Cornelius, and Peter gives this speech in front of Cornelius and his entire household. And so, just to think about that for a moment, Peter was a a jewish disciple uh, of a crucified jewish seditionist and he's been welcomed into the home of a roman centurion so, so peter and cornelius they're definitely uh, an unlikely pair i guess it, it's also helpful to understand that he gave this speech at a at a criti- critical time for the the early church so Stephen had just been executed or recently been executed, and and a lot of Jesus' disciples had fled from Jerusalem. But their evangelization efforts had continued in the surrounding towns and areas. And then, surprisingly, the number of followers increased in Jerusalem too. So when you when you look at all of that, look at look at the way this young church was growing and expanding, it's not completely surprising that. Uh, the, the pool of potential converts is also expanding, but still, uh, a Roman centurion—you know—that's that, pretty significant. Now, if you consider the content of Peter's speech, it gives a like a short synopsis of Jesus's life, his mission, and his death. In some ways, it, it almost reads like a news report of Jesus's life, you know, starting with his humble beginnings in Nazareth, all the way to his execution and miraculous resurrection. One thing that that biblical scholars have noted is that Peter, he seems a bit vague when he says, they killed him by hanging him on a cross. Who is they in Peter's mind? I mean, it, it was the Romans who actually carried out the crucifixion. But remember, Peter was talking to a Roman centurion in his household when he said this. Well, most biblical scholars believe he was implying that they meant actually the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees and and even maybe the Jewish crowds that that they were able to rile up, which makes sense. Not just because of who he was talking to, but also because Pilate, if you remember, tried releasing Jesus three times, but the Jews wouldn't let him. Now, at the end of this scripture passage— Peter, he witnesses to the legacy that that he and the other apostles received from Jesus, which is the command to go preach to the people and and share the good news that Jesus is the one who God appointed to judge the living and the dead. The importance of Peter's speech is that it takes the cross, what was generally considered a, a symbol of suffering and death, and turns it into a symbol of victory over death. So the main message I got from our first reading is that the cross reminds us of Jesus's victory over death. With many Christians today, the the symbol of the crucifix, right, the crucified Christ, it's really popular. And to wear as necklaces or to hang on your wall. But as moving as the crucifix can be, and that imagery can be, we can't forget that we are not a people of the crucifixion. We are a people of the resurrection. We are a people of new life. And the cross, the empty cross, reminds us of Jesus's victory over death. Our second reading was from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. And in this reading, we're told that we, too, have been raised up with Christ. When St. Paul says, you have been raised with Christ, he's speaking of the sacrament of baptism. By receiving the sacrament of baptism, we're participating in the death and resurrection. During baptism, we symbolically die to sin and then are reborn when we emerge from the waters of baptism. And in those days, people were actually submerged in the water, and they generally did come up gasping for air, and they probably felt like they'd been given a new life. But here's the thing. A new life should include a new way of living, and that's what Paul is getting at. He basically says, we need to set aside the things of this earth and look to the things of heaven. He says to set your hearts on things above. And then he says, set your minds on things above. St. Paul wants the Colossians and us today to leave our old ways behind. All these old ways are ways of death. But we're called to be part of the, the new life of Easter. At the time, people were still really expecting Jesus to come back at any moment. But Paul sort of makes the case for continued patience. He he points out that if your life is with Christ, then when he appears in glory, you'll appear with him too, whenever that day actually happens to come. But the main message I got from this short little reading from Colossians is that we rise again with Christ. It's great that Jesus is victorious over death, but what does that mean for us? Well, according to St. Paul, if we've died to our old life and entered into a new life in Christ, including changing our old ways and following Jesus' commands, then Jesus' victory is our victory too. Our lives are with him, so we rise again with Christ. And finally, our Gospel reading was from John, and this story is, is one that's told in all four Gospels, so it should sound pretty familiar, though it's a it's a wee bit different in John's Gospel. In, in all of the Gospels, Mary Magdalene is first among the women who arrived at the tomb on the morning after Jesus has risen. But only in John's Gospel does she go there alone. <laughs> So so this gospel reading takes us with Mary Magdalene right to the tomb on that that very first Easter morning. Now the the sun is probably barely up and Mary goes to the tomb and discovers that it's empty. So she runs to tell Simon Peter, but does she tell him, Jesus is gone, he's risen from the dead? No, no, not really. She pretty much says, they've stolen his body. So, So Peter and the other disciple the one Jesus loved, take off running for the tomb. Of course, Peter's quite a bit older, so he can't quite keep up, but the the younger disciple waits for Peter and doesn't actually go into the tomb until Peter arrives, or after Peter arrives. And Peter probably arrived huffing and puffing, but he made it. And they find there the burial wrappings and no Jesus. So it's clear from John's account that none of them expected The resurrection. In spite of everything Jesus had explained to them, all of the things he had foretold, they still expected to see Jesus lying in the tomb, to see his body lying in the tomb. Now, John does say that when the other disciple came in and looked around, he saw and believed. John describes in detail what Peter saw, but he's not quite as clear about whether Peter believed at that moment. And the final sentence even says, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. As as a bit of an aside, hopefully an interesting one, biblical scholars debate about um, exactly what Scripture John was referring to. So some think it's a reference to Hosea chapter 6, verse 20, which says, He will revive us after two days. On the third day, he will raise us up to live in his presence. But other scholars believe this is a reference to the writings, all the writings of this new Christian church that had sprung up. Remember it, it took decades for the various books of the New Testament to be written and, and almost 400 years for, before the church formally canonized the, the 27 book New Testament. So this may be the first example of those writings being recognized as scripture. John might have been talking about the writings of the early church, which are the stories of what Jesus told us and what, what Jesus taught. This John might be referring to those As scripture and he might be the first one because until that point when they said scripture they were only referring to the books of the old testament all right so anyway the main message i got from our gospel reading is that the tomb is empty and jesus is alive when we celebrate easter we remember that jesus rose from the dead on the third day we think about the fact that he, is, that he still lives and he's not gone. His spirit is active in the world. So Christ still walks among us. Yes, the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Acts of the Apostles, the main message I came away with was, the cross reminds us of Jesus's victory over death. In our second reading from Colossians, the main message I got was, we rise again with Christ. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. As Christians, disciples of the risen Christ, we aren't a people of the crucifixion. We're a people of the resurrection, a people of new life. And the cross reminds us of that. It reminds us of Jesus's victory over death. What that means for us is that if we've died to our old life and entered into a new life in Christ, then Jesus's victory is our victory too. As we celebrate Easter, let's remember that Jesus rose from the dead and he's not gone. Yes, the tomb is empty, but Jesus is alive and his spirit is is active in the world today. So let's take a step back, and take a second glance at these readings overall, and we'll ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I like to answer two questions. So what, and now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care because this is the very foundation of our faith. The belief that Jesus suffered, died, and rose again. The, the belief that Jesus conquered sin and death to redeem us and offer us salvation and eternal life. If we don't believe that, then the empty tomb means Jesus' body was stolen and all this Christianity stuff is really nothing more than a philosophy. It's just a another way to try to understand our world and live a better life. As a goal, that's not horrible, right, to understand our world and live a better life here on earth, but... Christianity is about the promise of so much more. If we don't believe in the resurrection, then how can we believe in heaven and eternal life with our creator? And the last question I try to answer is now what? What are we supposed to do then? Where do we go from here? Well, this is one of those times where I definitely think we need to start with what we control. And that means starting with ourselves. St. Paul said we need to set our hearts and minds on things above. So with that in mind, here's your real challenge for the week. Instead of prayers of petition and thanksgiving, offer prayers of adoration. Most of us are comfortable asking Christ for help or saying thanks for our blessings. But most of us don't spend time offering prayers of adoration. Many Catholics aren't even sure how to simply praise God's goodness and greatness without making it about us, without thanking God or asking for something. So for one week, this is your challenge, for one week, try to do something completely different. Instead of prayers of petition and thanksgiving, try to only offer prayers of adoration. Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're thinking about offering only prayers of adoration this week, remember what we read in Psalm 150, verses 1 and 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I think you know what to do, so now you just need to figure out how to do it. All right. We've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word podcast is brought to you by the Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and the Real Values Framework. Real stands for Respect, Engage, Accept, and Lead. For more information on the Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984. In 2011, by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.